Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. As you may probably know by now, one of the traits I value most in people is authenticity. I like when people can tell me the real story. While the highs of life are great to celebrate, the low moments are of equal importance. What we've been through and what we've survived together are the fabric of who we are. And my guest is the embodiment of the highs and lows. Steve Harvey is arguably one of the most influential entertainers of our time. But success for him was far from guaranteed, and it didn't come overnight. I used to spend the night in hotel parking lots. What was I going to do? I didn't have nowhere to stay, so I lived in the car. I had $35. And I said, come on, God, man, I've been trying to make this dream come true. You done left me out here like this. And I was crying so hard that he just said, I didn't like hear a voice or nothing, but he spoke to me. And however, he said, if you get up, I'm going to take you places you ain't never been. You'll rarely find somebody this honest and this transparent about how they got where they are today. As I sit with Steve, and you'll hear this yourself, I can't help but admire his perseverance and grit. And while he's admittedly a crier like I am, he's not afraid to laugh along the way. I'm leaving this interview feeling incredibly inspired, and I hope you will too. I'm Hoda Kotb. Welcome to my podcast, Making Space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Steve, how's life? You all right? Man, my life is good. How you been? I've been not as good as you, but real good. No, you I've been real be good. You know how hard it is to stay on TV this long? Okay, that's we're going to start there. You all ready? Um, how long have you been on TV, Steve Harvey? Since 1994. <gasps> okay, the Law & Order, has it been on that long? I mean, it's just like you and Law and & Order. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you yeah, guys have I don't been know. on. I feel like that. I've been on a lot of shows, though. You know, it ain't been a real consistent run. You but know? you know what's funny? When you're on a lot, people have a chance to get used to it, but they also have a chance to get tired of you. And that's why people don't mm. last. Why do you think you've lasted on the air throughout all these different kind of machinations? Well, my longest run has been Family Feud. Yeah. I think it's authenticity. Yeah. I think people really, really enjoy somebody who's honest. I mean, that's what's kept you on the air this long. Yeah. People know they can tune in and get a real opinion, good or bad, agree or disagree. They're going to get an honest opinion from a person. I think authenticity has kept me. You Were know. you always authentic, Steve, or did you do sometimes what the TV business tells you to do? Be well, more like that. Be less like that. Gotta well, be like you know him. what happened? Hmm. The first year I got on TV, they told me, you talk to country. And if you don't change that, 
you won't be able to last on television. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know what to do with that because what else was I going to be? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really have a lot of good grammar in me, and this is how I am. And I've made this, you know, I've, my career started as a comedian. Yeah. And my objective was to make people laugh. That was it. You know, I didn't have no, no other objective. So I didn't understand adjusting for the system. And I told the lady I, I won't. You said I no. won't be participating in that change. They even hired a linguistics coach. But you for said me. now? I, well, I didn't know what she because back then I didn't know what linguistics meant. I thought she was in here to teach me how to fix pasta. And so I was excited about that. And then when I found out she was in there talking about the way I talk, and I told the lady, she said, I'm your linguistics coach. And I said, well, I ain't finna do all that. She said, excuse me? I said, I ain't finna do all that. She said, did you hear what you just said? Could you repeat it slowly? I said, I ain't finna do all that. She said, that's exactly why I'm here. I said, man, I'm not finna change where I talk. She said, you keep saying fitna. What is that? I said, well, let me put it to you this way. Which one of these sounds best to you? I am broke or I'm is rich? Because right now I'm is rich, and that's what I'm going to go with. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> By the way, that's <laughs> brilliant. Can I ask you something? Because to get where you are, I'm sure a lot of people have wondered how. Somehow in the very beginning, someone has to look you square in the eye as a little boy and say, Steve, like, you got something special. Who did that for you? Who Ray was the- Davis. He was a psychology teacher in high school. Name's Ray Davis. And I was 1974. Mm. He came to my house at night. And I lived in the hood, man. And it was really, I lived really in the mm-hmm. hood. You know, I was, I'm older, so mm-hmm. there was no integration. Mm-hmm. I grew up in segregation. And, uh... White guy came to my house at night, which was very dangerous to do. And he got threatened when he got out the car. And he came up to my door and he sat my my parents down. He said, your son is something special. But if he doesn't stop hanging with these two guys that he's hanging with in school, he's going to go down the wrong path. That was a turning point for my life. That was the first time somebody told me I had something special going on. He went back to get in his car group of hoodlums gathered around. My father came out on the front porch with his gun and said, leave him alone. He got in his car, he drove off. The two dudes that he told me to stop hanging with are inmates today. That was the game changer for me. He was the first person that told me I was going to be something. And then a girl named Ida Knowles in college told me, she said, you're wasting your time here. I don't know why you're here. Why? You should be a star. And I want to star. Wait, what did they see? What did what did your teacher see? What did she, what did Ida see? I don't know. You know, I had a special way with words. I had such a sharp wit, even as a child. My mother was a Sunday school teacher, right? Mm-hmm. She used to take me to church on Friday nights to prayer meeting mm-hmm. to get me prayed for, cause my son. He just says whatever's on his mind, and it's going to get him in trouble. And I stayed in trouble. And so I just ha- I've always had a really, really quick wit. And I I wanted to be on TV since I was 10, you know, but I could, you couldn't tell nobody. You grew up in the hood. Who are you going to tell that to? I'm going to be on TV. Because I said, saw Bill Cosby on TV. Yeah. So that was my dream. You know, when Cosby came on TV, the whole block emptied out. 
Everybody went inside to watch the TV because it was a black dude on TV with a speaking role. So we cleared the block to go watch him. And that became, that was my goal. And um, if it wasn't for him and Ida Knowles, she told me, she said, you shouldn't even be here. You have mm. a gift. And I, I just stayed with it and kept thinking about it. It sounds like you were imagining it since you're so little, but there's imagining, which is really dreaming, and then there's mm-hmm. doing. They're two different things because one of them's a dream and one's kind of a plan. How did you go from, boy, I sure want to do it, which a lot of people listening want to do something, to saying, all I need is one, just open the door for me, one, one, one break. You know, it was really an accident. You know, everybody, God gives everybody at one point in their life the opportunity. Everybody gets the shot Hmm. to make the decision to go left or right. Everybody gets that shot. Don't say you don't. You can stop that. That's bull. You had it or you getting it. And you chose not to or you chose to. And I was um, 27 years old. I was writing jokes for a comedian named A.J. Jamal. I had no idea what he was doing with the jokes. He told me he was doing special gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would write jokes for him. He said, hey, man, Steve, what would you say? And I'd tell him what to say. And he'd pay me 10 bucks for a joke. I was making an extra $30 a week. <laughs> I thought I was, this is 1985. I'm living good. And uh, one day um, I was at his house giving him these jokes on paper. I worked at a company called General Electric. And this girl came over named Gladys Jacobs. And she said, you the guy that's writing these jokes for A.J. Jamal? I said, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with him. She said, he's the funniest guy at the comedy club. I went, what? She said, he's the funniest guy at the comedy club. And I didn't write all of his jokes. Yeah. I just wrote yeah. some. And I said, comedy club, what's that? She said, what do you mean? You yeah. don't know what he's doing with his jokes? She said, why don't you tell the jokes yourself? So she said, I'm going to pick you up Tuesday night, take you to the comedy club. I'd never... Heard of the Cleveland yeah. Comedy Club, never heard of hilarities. I was 27 yeah. years old. Yeah. And she took me to the comedy club and I signed up for the following week. Somebody got scared that night and didn't go. So they had 10 performers that night. They got to number nine. I was sitting there, I didn't laugh at anybody. I was just sitting there looking at them, saying what I thought they should have said. <laughs> and they got to number 10 and they called his name and he wasn't there. And they said, hey, we. We're going to go to next week's list. Where's Steve Harvey? And I was eating some chicken wings and drinking grapefruit juice. <laughs> and I turned to the girl, Gladys, who I was with, and I said, uh, it's a dude in here got the same name I got. <laughs> she said, you're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what she told me. She said, you're a stupid son of a bitch. And, I went, well. and they called me up, and I ran up on stage. And? And I won amateur night. <gasps> I won $50. Holy moly. I went to work. That was October 8th, 1985. Holy moly. I went to work the next day, quit my job, told everybody I was a professional comedian at <laughs> $50. And you just kept at it. Well, I became homeless and <laughs> yeah. ended up living in a car for three years. And What made you stay with it? Because I think once, here, you just said that God gives you a, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Some people might think, if I'm sleeping in my car for three years and I'm not making it, God is telling me something. He's telling me this isn't your path. You either decide this isn't your path or try harder. Right. How did you know what he was telling you to do? Well, for starters, I didn't have a plan B. Mm. Uh, I never believed in a plan B. Everybody that I know that has a plan B has had to use it. Everybody that I know that had a plan B used the plan B because in order to 
fixed to plan B, you can't give your all to A. Mm. So everybody I know with a plan B used it to plan B. I'd never had the plan B. This was it. And it was many days I felt like giving up. You know, I'm like, I'm human, you know. There was a lot of days I didn't think I was going to make it. It was a lot of days I said, man, this ain't the best idea. But I ain't have another one. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I had nothing. So, you know, I think a lot of it was really my mother praying for me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was I just didn't want to go back home and say I was a failure. Because I'd already f- flunked out of college. I'd already messed my marriage up. I had already, you know, lost friends and family members. Everybody thought when I said I was going to go be a comedian, this is the stupidest thing you could have ever said. I mean, you're an idiot. I mean, people stopped talking to me because of that. They thought it was, I, I don't even want to know a person who just walks away from their job like that. But I didn't know any other way to do it. I mean, you're either going to jump or you're not. I don't know if there's ever, a, you know, a, the right time. The right time is now because if you're waiting on your ducks to get lined up, it doesn't happen. So if people are listening and they, you know, they've, they've got a lot of faith in them too and they want to know what message they're getting, how did you know? Because you said at one point you didn't hear God, but you felt you knew what yeah. he was telling you yeah. or how he was guiding you. Because sometimes it can be confusing. Yeah. Is he telling me to switch? Is he telling me to stay? Well, but you know, here's something a minister told me one time that kind of sticks with me. God's voice has no sin in it. His voice never has sin in it. So, you know, you hear people say, well, the God told me to go down there and tell them people. No, he didn't. That's not what he told you to do. Mm. God told me to fight. No, God didn't tell you to do that. Mm, that's so profound. By His way. voice has no sin in it. So sometimes when you're listening and you hear the naysayers, a naysayer is a negative. A naysayer is a hater. A naysayer is a is an is a is an impossibility. None of that defines God. You know, you've got to really understand, man, that at one point in time. You've, you've got to just rely on faith. Faith is the belief in things that you cannot see. You've got to know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, though. Mm-hmm. I, and I'll be the first to tell you, it's hard. And you don't know sometimes. You, you, you're sitting up here trying to figure out, is that the way to go? Is that the mm-hmm. way to go? Maybe I should turn back. Why would God tell you to turn back? <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to listen. I just, old people used to say, I don't believe he bought me this far to leave me. Mm. Old people know a lot, got a lot of information, man. Mm-hmm. And it sounds old, corny stuff when you're in church listening to old people, but they coming from years of experience. And you've got to understand, man, if you're going down a path and it feels right, and all of a sudden, just because something starts going wrong, all of a sudden it don't feel right no more, that don't mean it ain't. You got to be tested and challenged, mm-hmm. you know? You got to see if you really want it. You got to pass tests. And you just got to keep realizing that if you wake up and you pass a test and, you, and you're and you still on that path, you might as well keep going. Uh, one of my accountants years ago gave me a plaque that said, if you're going through hell, just keep going. I mean, this is not a good place to stop in the middle of hell. <laughs> Put the brakes on here, you know. You so. are like, that was very profound, what you just said. It just hit in like a way that I didn't expect. I feel like you're constantly evolving. 
And when you have a tough time, because obviously being in the spotlight, anyone can have a tough time. We don't mm. know about it. You have a tough time. Everybody knows about <laughs> it. How do you, those potholes, how do you like get out of it? How do you get back up? You know, uh, it's hard. It really is. You know, it's not, it's not like I got this magic trick. I'm Steve Harvey. I just get up and keep moving. It don't bother me. Yeah, it does, man. It does, yeah. it, it hurts me. It it trips me up. It feels real heavy sometimes. And like you say, when you're in the spotlight, you don't get to live your mistakes under the cloak of darkness. You make a mistake, hold it. You, you're on TV. Mm. You, you can't. And they're going to talk about you without all the information. And, you know, you, you got to develop a tough skin. But the, the key is you got to, the older you get, the better you should get at this. But if, if I was a younger person and I could tell myself something, I would say what I heard Tom Hanks say one time. If I could tell a younger me one thing, I would tell myself, this too shall pass. Because, man, all of it does. Mm-hmm. See, you got a trip like this, you know. Listen, look at every single thing you've ever gone through. Every critical moment, every bad decision, every heartbreak, every setback, every moment of misery. Think of all of that that's happened to you. Your survival rate for surviving hard insurmountable, unthinkable hard times. Your survival rate is 100%. Everybody (laughs) is, we're batting a thousand. Every last one of us, our survival rate is one, one thousand percent. We've never not made it. So as you get older, you become better at that. But as you're younger, I would say to, to younger people, this too shall pass. Trust and believe you're going to get past that. Oh, it might seem impossible right now. And it might seem like it's lasting a lot longer than it should. But, I mean, look, man, this is going to go away. And you just got to you gotta mm-hmm. believe that, that it's going to go away. Because well, it is. That's beautiful advice, you know, by the way. Beautiful. You're going to get over her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Coming up, how an encounter with a beanbag was the kick in the butt Steve Harvey needed to change his life. He shares that story when we come back. My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time, she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget (laughs) well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox use clorox products as directed rinse after use if in contact with food surface
All right, we got to talk about this other part of your life. Wellness is another place. You've always been spiritually dealing yeah. with all this stuff, but now, I mean, the physical part too. Yeah. Um, keeping yourself healthy, active, all of these things, and you're kind of putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, you know, look, I, I went through a period I wasn't myself anymore. Uh, you know, I worked so many jobs. I was just grinding myself down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cost for success. There's a cost to be successful, but there's a cost to not be successful, too. I'd rather pay the cost for success, but I was wearing myself out. And I had low energy, brain fogginess all the time. You know, I was just trying to stay up, man. I was I was struggling, man, with, my, with some issues in my gut. I had to go to some holistic doctors. I started finding out I had some problems. And then one day, actually, real true story, I was in a beanbag in the basement with my kids. And uh, one of my grandkids came in and said, Papa, come play. And I went, okay. And I had to get out the beanbag chair. <laughs> that beanbag chair was whooping my ass. <laughs> bean, that beanbag chair was winning. <laughs> it's like I was in a wrestling match on the floor with this beanbag. I said, wait a minute. And when I finally got out the beanbag, <laughs> I looked over and my three sons was laughing. And they never laughed at me before because oh. I've always been the heavyweight champ at my right, house. Right. You, don't, you don't laugh at me because you know, even to, my, to this day, mm-hmm. I'll be 66 on my next birthday. My son still can't whoop me. <laughs> no, not really. Not in a real fight. They don't have the same thing. And, and I just got up and I went, wow, something's wrong. And so I said, man, I got to do something about it. And so I started taking these green drinks and all this stuff. And I started feeling better, but I couldn't keep it up because I just didn't like them. I mean, mm-hmm. And so I found this company and I said, hey, I got an idea. I, I wish that I could find a green drink that did more than the one I was drinking. And so I met this guy from Harvard who was a formulator and name was John. And we started talking and over a year and a half. He said, man, that's what I do. And he started putting formulas mm. together. And then I said, now nah, here's the deal. It's got to taste good. And then I went to them and I said, hey, can we mass produce this and make it affordable? So I came up with this product. And what I started doing was I started using it myself. Yeah. You know, after, after you know, got to take it for a while. You don't drink one glass and all of a sudden you can go run a marathon. Let's not be stupid here. But over the course of a month or so, I really noticed a change, man. And this drink well, is really. You're, you're speaking to the right person. Because brain I, fog is like a thing, man. It's look, real. It's I got to get up every morning and do yeah. a radio yes. show from 6 to 10. Yes. And then I got to go do TV all day. Steve Harvey, you are full of beautiful wisdom. I thank you so much. I love you. you. And you look good, too. You, too. What you drinking? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Steve. Good. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening and for going on this journey with me. If you like what you heard, and I sure hope you do, please give Making Space a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Ursula Summer, along with associate producer Rachel Yawn. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Mastrorelli. Our audio engineers are Tarek Fuda and Bob Mallory. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Mina Kathuria is our executive producer. And the executive vice president of today is Libby Leakst.
Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I'm not a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.